Good evening. Before we start tonight's show, I may or may not have been handed a press announcement which I would like to read to you now. There may or may not have been recent rumours about a party at Hutton Orbital at the end of last year which didn't happen, at a time when most pilots were confined to their home bases during the height of the MODS outbreak. We may or may not like to say that all relevant rules were followed, even if there was a party, which there was not. And anyway, it was an award ceremony and it didn't happen. And Alvin wasn't there, apart from when he didn't arrive to give a speech, which I am assured that he did not. A member of staff, who could not have attended such a party, since I am assured it did not happen, even if it did, and I didn't know about it and I cannot be held responsible, has resigned because and due to the shame associated with mentioning such a non-existent event. And we presume that they shall not be heard of again. Let this be an end to the affair. Roistering is not a crime punishable by death, and in any case, I am assured that we are looking forward now, not back to a year ago, when it definitely didn't happen, even if it did, whatever it was, or wasn't. A full inquiry will be created and will investigate an entirely different event. Alvin will personally oversee this rigorous investigation, which will run for a full year on Meter and Hollow. At the end of this time, Alvin will decide if he is, if he is to punish himself. Behind me, I may or may not be able to see that a spokesman who has now emerged from the shiny black door of the presidential suite is or is not approaching the lectern, and I am assured is not preparing to speak. <laughs> Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone. This is Hutton Orbital Live, and I'm your host for this evening, Harry Balzac. Playing safe this evening, I'm wearing a mask. Not for my health, but because no one wants to see my face, and especially not at this time of night. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, and I'm wearing a fur-lined domino. I think it's a double six. I'm your Hutness, and I'm wearing a mask made from someone's old sporran. I can't get infected because I'm scared to breathe in. <laughs> I'm Juan Kerr. I'm exempt from wearing a mask because of my luxuriant moustache. But they do make me sit near an open window, or airlock, as they've, they've now told me it's to be called. I'm Norma Snockers, and I forgot my mask. I'm having to use this one that someone left behind. This PVC smells a bit and makes my ears itch. I can't read the script, and... What am I supposed to do with this black sphere on a bit of elastic? <laughs> that, my dear Norma, is not quite a masked ball, or a bald mask. And now that we're safe from whatever Greek letter the galaxy can throw at us, it's on with the news. Please. The long arm of the law means it doesn't last very long. A prickly scare means a poor paw. 
Weird Weird Sheard. Size is important, and we've got some good news. Bruce, let's all hang out. Fly tipping carto data epidemic endemic. Community events news. Less a sprint, more a marathon. It was always said, if you want to know the time, ask a policeman. Well, thanks to some shenanigans, courtesy of a couple of inventive pilots, that can now be rewritten as, if you want to save some time, attack a policeman. You know that if you're a naughty pilot and you get destroyed by a good guy, you may end up at a penal establishment and be forced to buy your ship for the insurance cost? Well, what if that establishment was actually closer to where you wanted to go? a lot closer, and if the transport was done in the blink of an eye, what would that mean? What it meant in the case of LCU No Fool Like One, who managed to get blown up on a pad at the newly commissioned and therefore still mostly lovely and shiny Hotel Colonia, and reappeared on a prison ship a few thousand light years closer to home. That an evil glint once more came into his good eye. You know, the one that's not filled with processed Thargoid residue and in his throat rose the kind of chuckle that is usually accompanied by dramatic music, a strange camera angle, and a static pose staring maniacally into the middle distance. LCU realised that here was a way of travelling vast distances almost instantly, and that for a payment of 5% of his ship's value, he'd get a brand new one, with that lovely new cockpit smell, zero parsecs on the clock, and he wouldn't even have to take the old sweet wrappers out of the ashtray. With the aid of his partner in crime, J.J. Goldberg, they concocted a route that could get them across the galaxy to and from Sol in a fraction of the time of that using conventional means, incorporating prisons and some of the new ships from the Colonia Bridge Project, and easily broke the one-hour door-to-door previously held record, thus paving the way for McThargoid's new pizza delivery service to fulfil the if-it-takes-longer-than-an-hour-it's-free promise that has made it so famous and which resulted in a boycott of deliveries of pizza to Hutton. Colonia to Sol, dock to dock, 58 minutes, 15 seconds. Subsequently, they've realised that with a couple of strategically placed extra fleet carriers, they can shave even more time off of the run to reduce supercruise time. With this route, available to buy at all good evil genius lairs, knock twice and ask for Paolo's Plutonian paths, you can get across the galaxy in a sidewinder in under an hour for free, or transport your favourite ship, Trigger's Broom style, to arrive before the big hand gets back to where it started, with your ship in perfect condition, the ice in your mega gin and tonic still cold, and all for a tiny proportion of the cost and time of a traditional ship transfer. All it takes is planning and the willingness to be just a little bit bad. The galaxy has never felt smaller. The underhand railway is open for business and is looking for volunteers to create trouble in areas of the galaxy where a prison facility isn't currently available so that they can open new routes. For those of you who want to know just how all this works and maybe have a go yourselves, then a much more detailed and incisive and probably true explanation will be forthcoming in the Gownet News Digest later in the show. So stay tuned. 
Our gracious leader, Alvin DeFeer, keeper of the sacred scrolls, licker of the sweaty parts, the beneficent tyrant to his faithful slave Snoz, has come a bit of a cropper this week. After a flying visit from a visiting senator, Alvin managed to cut his paw on a particularly sharp tweet left lying around by the careless speechwriter and has refused to use it again until sufficient advanced meds, which we believe are, uh, for some reason, applied orally and taste of sausage, have been applied. Indeed, such is Alvin's unwillingness to risk his recovery. He is insisting that Snoz obtains a small chariot decorated with suitable amounts of what we understand is known as bling and pull him around so that he can still oversee at all of his official functions, even those that require the use of a small plastic bag afterwards. Alvin has dictated a note of sympathy for Hotbox and Hot Piss Pilots, saying that he now understands just how frustrating it is not to be able to walk around surface installations. And how do they cope with not being able to smell other pilots' bottoms? Alvin has temporarily taken to wearing a rough-like neck appendage from the fashion house of Satoral Hound at Mason Eduardo, which is known as a cone of shame. Not because he's forced to, you understand, but because he likes the look. He's a dedicated leader of fashion, and he didn't want to chew at the sore paw anyway. Fashion-conscious commanders and those that like to be one step ahead of their enemies were up in arms today when the Pilots' Federation announced the withdrawal of the pilot scheme to project the heads-up display as a heads-down display by creating a hollow beard. A spokesperson who later went on to resign for no reason said, We are sorry that we have had to take away the ability to see your hood on your beard, but we are we were receiving complaints that unbearded pilots were being unfairly excluded, unless they wore the scratchy ones that hooked over the ears, and in any case, you could only see the display by looking in a mirror, which reversed the output and made movement tricky and the display was a bit useless once you'd put your helmet on as you were in danger of damaging your neck, having to look down at your chin. Rumours of similar projection projects to add displays to other body parts have been denied. But we'd like to see the back of the head used to display movies so that the gunner in a scorpion has something to look at during long journeys but projecting anything onto the front of the torso is likely to invoke a slap emote if you stare for too long. Tell me, are you fed up with inadequate space in your SRV's cargo area? Do ship owners laugh at your paltry capacity? At the size of your booty? Would you like to have as much as a Class 2 cargo rack? Then surface truckers rejoice, your day is at hand. Thanks to the generosity of the Pilots Federation's research department, they found a way of squeezing two more tons of cargo into your scarab. Fancy Pants owners of the new Scorpion may have a big something compensator on the roof, but they've not got your capacity down below. The original message did say that you'd need to sell your existing scarab in part exchange for one with the increased capacity, 
But after some scratching of heads, checking for the space at the back of the sofa, they realised that by moving the seat a little way to the left, putting in a smaller radio and getting you to lean forward, they can actually fit the new cargo rack into the existing SRV. And their teams of engineers have been busily retrofitting this en enhancement to all scarabs, whether or not the driver can use their legs outside the cabin. What with this and the new Olympic controllers being available to all, including pilots who fly using their thumbs, the Apology Officer's ship, the Massive Huff, has had to be renamed a bit ticked off. Our suspicions were aroused by the illustration for the last story, and we've had confirmation that the current holder of the honorary commander name of the accredited astronaut, who sometimes goes by the name of Bruce or I'm behind you with my SRV, oops, sorry, has been on the surface of planets and doesn't appear to be wearing a spacesuit. There are multiple possible explanations for this. The entirety of everyone's planet landings have been faked and that this is just a picture of him on set before the cameras are rolling. He could be trying out a new Gosmuffin perfectly transparent spacesuit that will allow people to see what you bought with all of those apps and without having to wait until you get inside the station. Or, and this is the one that we like the best, this is a screenshot from a new update which will mean landing on planets with breathable atmospheres. Though we think that this is the least likely option, unfortunately. All in all, we've had a pretty good week, with all systems reporting seasonal happiness of one sort or another, and with the usual suspects reassuringly forming the rearguard. Our listener will no doubt be comforted that Barnard Star once again returned to its position of destiny in the relegation zone of the Hutton table on 36, despite spending a whole three days, nay, four days, enjoying Alvin's pleasure in the 40s. It slid inexorably once more, predictably and precipitously into the 30 zone of shame. On a brighter note, the Hutton systems that were on 40% last week, AVIC, ROS671 and Epsilon Indy, have all returned to that most comfortable of positions, the mid-40s. The pirate attacks mentioned last week were beaten off, more or less, by the end of last week's show, leaving little for the pirate thwackers amongst you to mm, knock out. Remember three weeks ago and that dump of a system, LP410-93, that we left in Operation Backpedal? Well, we've expanded again into it two days ago. Guess where? Yup, you're way ahead of me. Operation Jump into a Dump has struck twice and we're back there again. So let's, cons let's consider the last retreat a practice for the main event, shall we? And folks, stop doing good stuff, data, missions, killing pirates, etc., where we don't need it, and do good stuff where we do, i.e. in Barnard's Star. It has large pants, a jacuzzi, everything. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems League, we have six systems above 60%, including two at 80. So please stop dumping data into systems that are above 60%. We just end up with unexpected expansion that somebody has to retreat from. 
The priorities this week are, if you want to drop <coughs> something, boost Hutton influence in Barnard Star and reduce influence in LP by 32-81. If you want to shoot something, how about tequila? There's nothing to do in Elite Dangerous. There's no one with any sense. We've got news of a load of community-led events this week, more than ever. Drop yourselves in, as this news segment's almost as long as the trip to the station in 36 off Uchi, but far more interesting. If you're interested in any of these events, either to watch or to participate, then as usual, links for the information will be posted in Twitch chat and also in the description of the YouTube upload. So on now, with what I'm calling Norma Snooker's Community Hour. The Comfy Cannon Cruise has apparently got over its fetish for mollusks and they have been visiting somewhere that we know quite well. I'll let Commander Mephisto tell you what happened. After Waypoint 106 of the Comfy Cannon Cruise, Expedition's fleet carrier orbited Hut and Moon over the last weekend. Commander Illyrium generously refilled Konsu with Tritium again, which got him the honorary title Lord Illyrium, bringer of Tritium, fueler of Konsu, and a hand-drawn digital medal. <laughs> the passengers, Commander Stoby-1, David HMB, and Belagar, met up with Captain Commander Levelfisto at the bar of Fort Mug for a few drinks and some shenanigans. On Monday, Konsu set sail again. A bit too soon for some passengers, those that were left behind. Commander Nutsack Whack and Stoby One took the opportunity to catch fleet carrier rides back to the bubble. But Commander G-Man 14 made the more than 5,000 light years back to Konsu, discovering a few Earth-like worlds along the way. At Waypoint 107, PO3 type anomalies lured explorers by shining prettily but they do corrode a ship's hull very fast. Waypoint 108 was the first to feature the awesome-looking Chrysium Void Hearts that enclose a mysterious light source in humongous brambles which grow from octahedral pods. This meant that the rubium crystals could be examined also. Waypoint 109, only a few light years away, was reached today. The Nivium octahedral pods await explorers' codices. There are three more waypoints up next, uh, near to each other, before the cruise moves a few thousand light years towards the bubble along its route. The Wild Wild West expedition is heading home, but not for them the simple straight line as the crow flies if it could fly in a vacuum route. Oh no, Commander Airman Dan tells us what they've been up to and what's happening this week. The Wild Wild West is homeward bound now and taking advantage of the opportunity to once again push the limits of exploration, climbing to the tippy top of the galaxy and then plunging far beneath it in a week of superlatives. Crews on all platforms enjoyed canyon racing with picturesque views and a latecomer to the party joined the expedition at its 15th waypoint, flying over 20,000 light years in a vulture with a range of only 30.5, only to get stuck a mere 100 light years from the carrier fleet as the stars thinned out. Commander Airman Dan 
engaged in a daring rescue operation, manually plotting a string of neutrons to bring the intrepid explorer the last few steps home and safely united Commander Jeff Ducati with the Wild West fleet. Next week, the expedition will make its penultimate stop at a region filled with mysterious garden ruins, notable stellar phenomena, a gorgeous nebula, and the expedition crescendos to its final destination at V1357 Signy, just in time for Christmas. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but their time is nearly here. Expedition All the Clouds in the Sky has been going so well that they had time to redecorate, but the curse of Thursday has struck, as Commander Deluvian explains. Expedition Day 86. After course corrections and a small change of plans, Zodiac is just a few jumps away from CSI plus 522218, also known as IC5217 Nebula. The small change I am talking about is just the fact that I decided not to take Zodiac to Star 1 on this loop. We'll go there once we finalise most of the nebulae populating the bubble area, and that means below and above the Orion line. Oh, and for those who've seen Zodiac before and try to find it now somewhere in space, the task might prove itself to be a bit more difficult. You may remember that Zodiac used to be painted in tactical white. After... Another, I think, already the third Black Friday disappointment and essentially no midnight black paint job for the carriers. The crew took a large number of buckets of graphite paint and repainted the carrier so it looks kind of black. Um, I have some bad news to report. I had a hardware failure just as the Pilots' Federation started working on my system and it appears that one of my data storage units is dead. The one that had all of my photos and my access to the galaxy. Of course, I'll try to fix it to make sure that I can join you tonight but I have huge concerns about all the applications that were residing on that drive. You'll hear from me either way. Whenever we can, we'll move towards the next waypoint, as announced. There just might be a small delay there. Bear with me, Commanders. 07. In submitting this report, Commander Delovin has announced that the hardware equivalent of turning it off and turning it on again has coaxed the data storage unit into life, and that a long overdue backup is underway. Good luck, Commander. The Magellan's experience is well underway on their expedition with the eventual destination of Magellan Star, and the proud commander Richard Fluranis M has sent us a brief note. Not a great deal to report this week. We had a fun time at a meetup which was hosted by the Stellar Nebula Project, with lots of crazy experiments on foot and in SRVs. On Friday, we're organising a circumnavigation of a little planet we know, trying to keep at about 250 to 300 metres a second, as we are trying not to provoke any rebuys out here. Apart from that, it's been quiet, keeping our heads down and getting on with basic surveying. <coughs> More to come next week. The latest five-year tour, the Southern Nebula Journey, has settled into a nice rhythm and Commander Hunter has written to let us know that what they've been up to this week. The five euro tour is three weeks underway and we're nearly on our way home with still plenty of nebulae to go. We're well on our way with over 8,000 jumps, we've jumped nearly half a million light years and scanned over 45,000 planets and stars. 
Another commander has fallen, sadly, putting the total of dead commanders at three. We salute you, all seven. See you next week. The fantastically frigid Triffid has opened the fridge door and set off into the cold black night with Richard Fluyan's M has this to say. Bebop is moving to V970, stellar bow tie, with the Frost Seeker moving later this evening. After a stop there for some new neutron jump practice, Bebop will be on its way to Hillary Depot and Trio in a Ring before coming to a rest in CD-33012935, which is NGC5653. As the fleet carrier will be moving a lot today, I've got more in-flight entertainment lined up. Star Wars this weekend? Might be something else next weekend? Got a suggestion? PM me. I've a couple more notes. I'll be moving the Bebop from NGC 6563 to Labry Into slowly over the week. Hop on if you want to lift. You're more than welcome to continue the expedition during the week and I invite you all to join us for shenanigans at any of the waypoints during the weekends. Keep in touch with the fantastically frigid trip to Triffid for any spontaneous events. Thank you all for joining and see you in the black. The Nexus Exploration, the exobiology-focused long-range expedition, has set off into the unknown. Commander Notlick says... The Nexus exploration had a fantastic first four or five days, jumping about 5,000 light years through the waypoints. There have been new discoveries, even some undiscovered Earth-like worlds. Omega Megalith is very pleased with the turnout, and there have been no management issues yet, but the trip is still young. And Commander Omega Megalith added... Our first week so far has been exciting and motivating. Only 5,000 light years out of the bubble and our commanders are finding undiscovered systems and unmapped planet formations. We're looking forward to the day we get fleet carrier interiors to really feel like we're in the commanding seat of our beloved fleet carriers. The trip is still new and fresh. Anyone is welcome to join us. And if you're already out in the deep, feel free to hop on to our next Nexus fleet carrier. I want to say that it isn't myself or the founders that make this worthwhile, but the commanders who have and will join us that gives us the reason to explore. Join the cause and join Nexus. The Boffins at Canon Research would like to remind everyone that their speed scanning challenge ends in a few weeks, at the end of the year. LCU Norfu Lycon has paused in pointing his probinator to give us this update. It's the final month to enter the Canon Speed Scanning Challenge, which ends on New Year's Eve. The winner gets a rather special Canon coin, and the top three also get Canon Thargoid sample flasks. All you have to do is scan nine different life forms on Tucane Sector AF-AD714E faster than anyone else and sell the data. You will need to record a video of the whole process, which can take as little as 20 minutes if you want to win a prize, or considerably longer if you don't mind losing. You have a really good chance of winning something, so go to canon.science and put organic in the search and you can find all the related posts pertaining to the competition. 
The Pilots Federation have noted that at present the biological scanners appear to be offline, but have promised that the Dysonator will be back sucking up bacteria like a pilot at a McDargoid's McStiffie in no time. If you're looking for an elite-related New Year resolution and you think you ought to get out more, then you could do a lot worse than look at the expedition New Year New Discoveries 3308 and you've still got a few weeks to sign up. And Commanders Arborek and Luna Sitara are looking for recruits. Greetings from Alchemy Den. We're getting together for our fourth yearly expedition, New Year, New Discoveries, starting January 2nd. This carrier-based expedition is going to have all the works. Stormcloud, fight night, huge mass jumps, deep black mining, and so much more. It's free for everyone to join, so come say hi. With a second new expedition to tell you about, the fourth of such expedition that focuses on getting up close and personal with celestial discoveries that were made in the days before space travel. It's going to set off on January 08, 3308 and return March 5th, 3308. And if you're interested in seeing sites that 21st century authors and astronomers could only dream about, head to their website. The organiser, Commander Kazika, is looking forward to welcoming you on board. And lastly, it seems that Commander Venetia has earned an evening off from caring for us still very new Julia pilots as he's organised an event, Holiday CQC Saturday, starting at 21 UTC on Saturday, December 18th. If you've ever wanted to have a go at CQC but can never find anyone to team up with, then here's your chance. Turn up, shout, for the bug in the lobby and have some fun with no consequences, just like you thought you could when you were younger. Although Commander Venetia is a hotboxer, pilots of all persuasions are welcome and feel free to just create ad hoc teams. That's what you're there for. Commander Venetia says, Come out and show Santa your naughty side in some CQC. This is a great way for new pilots to get practice without rebuys. If you have never joined us for these shenanigans, you are missing out. There will be laughs, explosions, crashes, and plenty of jokes to go around. The fabled stick song may even make an appearance. Who knows? Thanks to everyone who contributed to that massive list of events. Remember, just email I took part at hudnorbital.com to get yours included. And we're back in the studio and those newsreaders have gone. It's just us normal people now. Well, that was a very long, very long list. But I tell you what, just, though, lots of news. Yeah, tell you what, lots. I want an octahedral pod. <laughs> I just I need, a, I need an octahedral pod. Seamless. Yes. Seamless. Seamless. Apart from the seams. Obviously, mm, mm, mm. There, there were there were not as many. I mean, there could have been a hell of a lot more. There could have been a hell of a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Consider that it was us, 
And I, I think Norm desi- deserves a prize for getting all those pictures to sync up because I, I had 21 <laughs> of them in, in, I think it was. Getting the I pictures mean, to sync up while doing the bongs, while yes, doing... <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, I put that a record number of pictures in. I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll make him work for it. It's, it's worth every well. penny we pay him. Yeah. See what yeah. happens when you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> I when don't you... have time on my hands. Because <laughs> it's too busy doing this. Evidence suggests otherwise. <laughs> yes, I think there's a there's you know like Murphy's law and stuff like that. I think there's a Hutton law that work on the show expands to fill the time available. Yes, <laughs> certainly somebody's law, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I think yes, Alvin's got, law. Yeah, it should be maybe. That, yeah, I think is that one though Pearson's law. <laughs> no, I think, no, with Pearson's law, it goes oh, beyond no, that's, that. That's chat. Yeah, that's chat. That's yeah. banter. Is there a law about about not writing the script and going to the pub and then doing it ten minutes before the show? I That's hope definitely not, the Pearson law. That, that would appear to be Ross Bottom's yeah. law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was unexpected. Mm. What, this, yeah. The script or the pub? No, no, this this Unex- forcing of beer into your hands, yes. yes. Unexpected visitor in the uh, pub. In, <laughs> yes. in the docking, in the backing area. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a whole to... different kind of event and an unexpected visit to the banking area. He was supposed to come yesterday. Mm. And I and I no no answer. I thought he must have died mm. or something. Uh, <laughs> Apparently he hadn't. And then Apparently he let Pier- you down. <laughs> he turned up today. Apparently Pearson Pearson himself is in the pub at the moment and wrote his little bit of script from there. So the so if you want if you, that well, might explain some of them, but I you haven't written the prayers. Did the script now? Well, he's <laughs> written two words that I can see. Uh, uh, the the um, bit that tripped, ha- tripped Norman up. That was uh, that was um, his. After mi- promising you, I hadn't put any tongue twisters in. I didn't say that somebody else hadn't put any in. Mm. I should. Mm. I put my own in. <laughs> yeah, I well. saw that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So anyway, speaking of, speaking of pictures, it's a, then. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Stellar screenshots. What about them? Well, just putting your own in. Stellar screenshots. They were on the. They were up on Tuesday, weren't they? Well, Who's the, Stella. 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 Ah, uh, she's. <laughs> well, <laughs> the they had a bit of a switch around this week, didn't they? Because they're they sort of. Zach and Bruce live stream wasn't on Tuesday. They just posted their... Somebody put that in the uh, chat without me looking. I assume you have. You're all good people. Mm-hmm. Um, which were quite good, I thought. The usual yeah. sort of mixed bag of, of oh, my God, and hmm. Um, selfies. But then the the duo um, were, were back on Wednesday. I think at, the, at this point we just have to say it's... It's with there being no Tuesday live stream and no David. Mm. Is this going to be a record short show? No, no, no. 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 We just we just had I think probably a record length of first part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. eight minutes. Yeah, well, we did start two minutes late by by the but, way. But. There, there was a lot in we'll there. Make it up. There we'll make it up at there. the end, don't you, buddy? Mm-hmm. We, yeah. We're never late. We we start precisely as we mean to. Yes. <laughs> Are you smoking a very long pipe? With a, I am pointy, indeed. Pointy, yes. pointy Some sort of happy we all hookah. Are <laughs> speaking of speaking of pointy hats, this this you, you mentioned earlier on Alvin. Um, poor thing has got a cone on his head. It's not a traffic cone, is it? From that party we didn't have. No. <laughs> what, what party? Party what that party? Day? No, I have been assured that there was no party. Yeah. 
I'm very yes. easily assured, but I have and, been and I've assured. Been, I, I've been assured I wasn't there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't remember anything. Yes. Yes. No, that's nothing new. <laughs> well, oops. On Wednesday, so, mm-hmm. so it keeps moving the script around. No, it's, it's not moving at all. It's just you. It's not, it's just <laughs> leapt across the. This is what happens when you go leapt the across the then. screen. Um, on Wednesday, it was time for some Cupid stunts to perform some stupid stunts in the Frontier SRV stunt. Challenge. I'm glad you took your time and read that very carefully. Mm. I'm yeah. more glad than you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, well, it was quite good, actually. But I don't know why, but uh, Zach and Bruce started the, the – the, it wasn't a live stream, actually. It was pre-recorded. It couldn't have been a live stream because it had been dark. Mm. Um, but for some reason, they started it out on foot in the car park of of Frontier Towers. So I thought – I mean, who else at that point thought that uh, Frontier Developments had built a full-size combat SRV and we're going to drive it around the car park. Anybody? Uh, no, I haven't seen this one. Mm. Oh, right, okay. What do you mean you haven't? Oh, that's my job, isn't it? Sorry. Mm. Um, oh, just me then. So I'm like, like where, where, they're outside. Like, where's this going? And then, and then at some point he said, oh, and wait for the special thing at the end of the show. I thought, yes, they've built one. It's going to be driving around Cambridge. And no, it wasn't. No, no spoilers, but no, it wasn't. So and why, why were they outside? I feel I, I it's still. To, I, I've been thinking about all this afternoon. Well, not exactly all afternoon, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. They started off outside, looking mm-hmm. fairly cold. So stop moving the script. And oh, I don't know. <laughs> and you know what? It wasn't exactly a live stream. They 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 were live for some of it, but then they weren't alive for some of it so they were live but not live at the same time so it was a bit of a uh... a bit of a schrodinger's live stream are you with me not not yeah that was me nodding (laughs) (laughs) i can see you from Uh, here what was that (laughs) so departing you know the uh, the frontier we used to see it a lot when when lord braben used to used to do his little sort of update chats mm. but you remember palletville you know where they got sofas and the pot plants out the front and they got the backdrops all pallets well they traded that in and they mm-hmm. must have been sitting in front of green screen because they were actually sitting in a in a station concourse which was quite nice so they were sitting outside but at a station concourse well no they were sitting in the station concourse so clearly okay. they were inside otherwise they everything would be floating around it'd be be very quiet and cold yeah. and, and they'd all be sort of you know dying anyway it was totally and i thought somebody thought this through is an npc gonna sort of walk through through the table at some point um but no, they, they they clearly thought about it yeah they should have sat down and just had somebody <laughs> sleeping at the table <laughs> i've got a, got a got a story here from uh, from a certain absent oaf Oh. About uh, about the, the uh, Frontier car park, so that he, he once took a, took his car to uh, Frontier, and then Braben hyperdicted him. Basically, <laughs> he got there, got all the way there, and then all the power went. 
Yes. And no amount of reboot, restart was, would actually do it. And in the end, a big Type 9 had to come along and tow him away and actually have it turned into a very small little, maybe sort of a mug-sized uh, yeah. <laughs> object I rem- afterwards. I remember that incident at the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said kept, kept trying to blame him, call me Wendy, but um, he, just, he just knows. He knows it's Braben. Yeah. Well, Braben could do it with his mind. So, you know... It's actually I'm quite surprised that Bruce didn't just come in in his car and run over Arthur and whoever else was there. <laughs> <laughs> straight through Pallettville, straight on the station concourse. So, so back back to our our two yeah. chaps sat in the station concourse. So Zach actually said in his introduction. Um, so we've mm. you know basically we we've time travelled from Cambridge. On Earth, we fast forwarded a thousand years, and he sort of nervously looked at Bruce, <laughs> and he said, uh, "If my maths is correct," and I'm like, "Well, no, it isn't, isn't it?" Every, everybody who's played this game for the last sort of six, seven, eight years, whatever mm. it is now, it's not quite because it's it's one thousand two hundred eighty-six years, isn't it? It's not oh, a thousand years. That's a coincidence. It was one thousand two hundred eighty-six years last year. That's right. That's right. So. You ask ourselves, well, you know, what's 286 years between friends? So, Radio Crew, what do you mm. think would have been happening? <clears throat> you know, if we if if we kind of gave the space-time thingy a bit of a, a wiggle, you know, a, a mm. bash with our with our sonic hammer, and we were 286 years out right now. If we were 286 years out right now, we'd be in um, 1735. Or twenty-three or seven. Hmm. Just past eleven. What? <laughs> Just past eleven. <laughs> no, look, let's do seventeen thirty-five. You know, I suppose um, that you could have gone to see a, a couple of Handel operas at the Royal Opera mm. House. The premieres. Hi, George. Can I have an autograph? Well, round right about that time, Pluto was starting the fourteen-year period inside the orbit of Neptune, and that wouldn't happen again until nineteen ninety-five. And I am not taking the Mickey or the Minnie or the Donald or the Daisy. And George Brandt added cobalt to the commodities market in 1735 when he discovered it. Mm. You know, the, the first ever party at 10 Downing Street took place when Robert Walpole became the first Prime Minister to move in. First in a long line of parties, I expect, when I wasn't invited. <laughs> there we have it. Actually, actually I've, got, I've got one more. Back then, uh, cockfights were very popular. Um, and that's why it was warmer then. That's why so many people. That's why so many people get the plague. <laughs> right, we better. I think that's enough of that. Helen's Helen's coming over all in this. So. I, I always went to the cockpit earlier, but never mind. I went to uh, the King's Arms instead. Anyway, that's enough down. It's uh, far enough down memory lane, even for volunteer. So, SRV stunts. The stream, so it was a, it was a, it was a bit like a well-known um, motoring show from the uh, from the uh, twenty and twenty-first century. So Zach and Bruce uh, took roles as our sort of resident SRV oh. pundits, and then they were joined by Arf, Sally, and Paul Crowther as judges for the stunt competition. So <clears throat> there were there were seventeen. <coughs> Ooh, all right, nurse, you okay? <laughs> Have you recently been to a party? Do <laughs> you need to take that? a test? Because I wasn't yes. pressing the button. I know. No, we, no, no. You're on push to talk. Oh, yeah. heck. But it's oh, but no. it's not working. It hasn't worked. You've since, been giggling all night since half <laughs> Oh heck. 
I forgot. I put it on. Um, I took it off push to talk. We know. The other night. Yeah, just, we know. Just as well you weren't being written. The, the listener. We, we did. did. <laughs> it's in the chat. It's uh, in the chat. And, and Chicks actually said to you, you were like, hey on. And you went, what? <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, so our, our Sally and Paul were the were the judge of the stomp competition. There were seventeen separate entries, and I don't. You, you've all said you didn't watch it, but the, the swords and axes behind Paul Crowther is like a whopping big mace. I'm thinking these like new sort of on foot melee weapons. Anyway, as you know, I'm I'm no angers and. Uh, Radio Five Live listeners will know what I'm talking about. So describing seventeen SLV clips like you were there doesn't make for the rest best radio. It may turn out to be a little bit tedious for our listener. So the best thing is you click the link that somebody's put in the chat for you. Not now, not now. You listen to the show, listen to it later. But some highlights were Meter and Hollow, features a backdrop with an SLV leaping between dolphins. Um, This was particularly impressive. Shooting chunks off barnacles in midair and then scooping them midair in the same jump in an SLV. In a Thargoid base. <laughs> All very highly. And Arf, I mean, Arf was oh, waxing lyrical, particularly appreciated that one. Um, I'm lucky of, if I could turn a corner without skidding. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. It was a little dark, a little dark, but, but some of them like that. Some, um, 720 degree barrel rolls. So, apology officer, how many spins is that? That's two. It is. And it was four. So I've screwed that up, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? A 720-degree barrel roll sounds a lot better than a 1440-degree barrel roll. It does, roll. actually. It does, actually. Yeah, yeah. So jumping off cliffs, backflips, forward flips, Fosbury flops, using a Corvette as a landing pad, scooping stuff in mid-flight while doing a barrel roll. <gasps> Forward rolls, jumping jacks. <laughs> All Star of the jumps. above. <laughs> <laughs> Star jumps. No, come on. I used to love that programme. What? Yeah. <laughs> Even even Hadji, Zulu Romeo doing an Eddie the Imperial Eagle um, <laughs> up into the air, doing a triple reverse tuck sulco with double pike and all without exploding. Um, there's a special mention to Alec Turner with an impressive series of flips and turns, but doing all of the above whilst attacking a Thargoid in an SRV was the winner. So well done to Commander Asp Bandit as the winner. That's Asp Bandit just for the hard of hearing. Um, shall we oh, thank you. Shall we take a look at the winning stunt? Oh, let's have a look. Yeah, let's see this. Go for it. Very nice. Okay, uh, we've got two stunts left. Let's 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 move to the next one. This one is from Commander Asp Bandit, which is another fantastic name. Uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's get this clip underway. Okay, so they've immediately they've come across so a, a Fargoid here. Fargoid present in this one. I believe they use a crash ship there as a ramp. That's very nice. Are they going for it? They're going all the way up, are they? They're getting incredibly close to it. And there's front a flip. front flip to approach. Okay. And they're now attacking, they're attacking the Fargoid on the, on the exit from the flip. They turn towards it as they fly over, couple spin of, away. Yeah, a couple of spins on the way back down. And can they stick the landing for the extra points? Yes, yes, they, they can. can. Very clean. Very, very unique clip that we've seen here. Um, let, let's hand it over to our judges, but I think, Bruce, this is a pretty, this is a pretty impressive clip. Arthur? Uh, I, this is mind-blowingly good. 
the timing, the poise, the bravery. Um, I don't give tens, um, but this is near as near as damn it. I'm going to give this a nine point five. Uh, a few more, a few more spins in the air, I think. But but this is incredible. Nine point five yep. from me. Very strong score, Sally. I could, I could add to hold my head. Oh, it's like wow. Um, I've no words. Like the fact that they shot as well as they went over, and then as they went over, like the scan started. It was like, how did you set this up? Um, I'd say, oh, can I do a nine point seven five? Because I don't know what the end is going to be. Nine point seven five. You're throwing these at us late in the game here, and now they're getting better and better and better. And it's like, ah, oh, is there room for a ten? It's nine point seven five. Okay. It's, it, it's incredible. Okay. Almost a perfect score. Yeah. Paul, did you like the danger involved in this stunt? Well, as my mentor Luau once said, this thing has everything. It's got uh, height, it's got impressive stunts, it's got a spooky atmosphere, and it's got the desire to cause some casual violence to get an unsuspecting alien as you fly over it. So I, I'm going to give this a full-on 10. I'm going to wow. be that person. Awesome. <laughs> What did you think? Uh, sure, there must be somebody outside holding that and moving it around. It can't. It can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible, wasn't it? Standing on the front surface. And, <laughs> and a perfect landing straight after, just after you've got over the top of a Thargoid. I don't even shoot Thargoids with an anaconda, <laughs> let alone a SRV. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, um, do we need an apology? I need to apologise for all my... No, 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 that's not your job. No, no, no. <laughs> Talking without... <laughs> I, on behalf of Helen, Hutton Orbital Radio would like to apologise for things she may or may not have done and said while she thought her mic was closed. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> At least you were laughing along. So that, that's one person. So that's good. <laughs> we're going to take that, take that, um, and then we're going to mix it up a hundred times to make it sound like everybody's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, so, so much back, back to the SRV. So much for those, but and it's a big but. Who judges the judges? Well, of course. We do. So here goes. Well, Arf, um, he gave six points to almost everything, except when he gave stunts a five. And wasn't quoting Raoul Bali dancing fish philosophy in wet forests, eh? <laughs> what are you looking at that for? Watch the stream and you won't understand it either. Six out of ten to Arf, mostly for keeping a straight face throughout. Sally, despite stating that she was stating that she was going to be a harsh and critical judge, yeah, right, generally gave higher marks, concentrating on the aesthetics and artistic impression of the stunts. Very fair and balanced judging. Eight out of ten. Paul, who clearly enjoys a bit of spookiness, anarchy, chaos, doom, casual violence and um, exploding things, judging by the weaponry behind him, swam against the flow of Arf's philosophy and gave uh, high marks for entertainment value and things exploding. It's a 10 from me. And there we have it. That's, uh, that was the SRV stunt chance. And, and now a short film about a mysterious laconic commander last seen poodling around the track. 
Well, now we've seen what the SRV is all about up close, it's time to see what it can do when the Scarab is pushed to its very limit. And we know just the person for the job. Yeah, some say that he actually got the free anaconda from Hutton Orbital. Others say that he was born with flight assist off. It's time for the commander. Okay, well, here we are. We're with the commander on this desert rocky planet. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, actually, the apex feed to get here was outrageous. Commander, uh, are you ready to begin? Yes, it looks like they are. The commander's now going to make their way into the scarab then. Okay, so here is the commander in the uh, cockpit of the SRV. Uh, looks like they're just checking out the tools they have available for them today. So it be I believe they're going to be taking on a number of stunts. Uh, and remember, they are in the reasonably priced scarab. So anything that you see today, you could also attempt at home. And we are now underway, the commander beginning the, today's stunts. And it looks like they're going to do a backflip first is what I'm hearing. So here comes the commander, perfect execution so far, very controlled backflip there. Very well done as we expect of the commander. What's next? We're picking up some pace here along the straight. And we take to the skies, full pips in engines. And here we go, what's the stunt? It looks like we're getting a barrel roll here. One, two, and the landing, yes, into a bounce. Can we convert? He can convert into a second jump. And the all-important final landing. And they succeed. Was that spin intentional? We'll let you decide. You know what? Let's take a quick look at that again. First roll, second roll, and the landing. Very nicely done. Okay, now the commander is moving up this uh, up this hill to get some pretty big, pretty big air uh, is what I'm hearing. So yeah, as they see, we take off huge uh, into to the galaxy in the background. Great shot. And the commander is looking great. Oh, oh dear, someone someone blew up the commander. Someone has blown up the commander. Oh, that was a sad ending. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm. Just three oh. different, another one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that, well, that was that was that was quite fun. Uh, thanks for curating that, uh, Commander. Well done. Um, now, one of the things that um, obviously is one of the corners of the of our way of working is the Hutton Helper, and and Tarius Fusion and others have been working on moving it to new servers, so which will ultimately be a bit more reliable um, and with more capacity but unfortunately it has to be done a bit at a time and uh, this week we did come across a small problem where the hunt and helper for uh consoles and not just consoles but if you don't want to use edmc that wasn't working was not working at all mm. um uh, so it did take him a couple of days to rewrite it and it's back up now back up now but it will have affected the hunt and helper results now, there's a challenge to see if any of you can see what's different about the Hutton Helper results spot today. Probably nothing. I get it all off a of Galtube. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, there, may be, there may be one or two more unicorns in the, in the, in the final track. Than, they better be pink fluffy unicorns and they mm -hmm. better be dancing in rainbows. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Hutton Helper should be back up. But if there are features on the Hutton Helper website, that are not there. Don't worry, it's because Antares is working on it a bit at a time and putting things back day by day. We should see more stuff until it's all there in better shape than it was before. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, yeah, it's the other thing. Um, we did mention this in Norman's bit, but the um, Canon, the Canon Science, the speech um, scanning challenge, there's not that many people who are doing that brilliantly in it so far. When I go and look at the list, and it, you've certainly got to the end of the year, and there are nice prizes. Mm. Uh, you see, there's a nice picture. You've got a couple of couple of those nice flasks we got uh so the first three places where we ordered one of our fabulous 70 centiliter thargoid sample flasks uh, that's which enough for could... a full bottle of spirits yes yes <laughs> well not a liter bottle obviously no now, the, per the person who comes first will also be awarded the canon coin which is forged from real metal not plastic and it's got to dr our canon signature on it uh, and apparently it's uniquely numbered and grants you free gin and biscuits anywhere in canon space. Awesome. Uh, so, that, I mean, yeah. there, are, there, are there are fantastic prizes there, yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, and it, it basically, you can do the whole thing, once you've sorted it out, you can do it. Well, what's the, the record at the moment? Oh, LCU's done another done another one. Uh, oh, dear. What, I know, what's 1,490 seconds? I'm not going to ask Chicks because he's going to say about 200 years. Uh <laughs> <laughs> 720 minutes. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So, for one week only, and in place of the usual badinage, you spelt bandage wrong. Regarding badinage, badinage. Badinage, yeah, whatever, bandage. Regarding, we are going to whet your appetite, if not your whistle, with a little taste of what you're going to hear at Christmas, the Beyond Dockers special. Please remember that this is for charity. Go to www.justgiving.com slash team slash beyonddockers and pledge even a small amount and it will go to the two official charities of the Hutton Truckers, Special Effect and Hearing Dogs for the Deaf. It came to me last night. I know your purpose for being here. I'm going to help you write the Beyond Dockers Christmas special. You think I can just whip one out? You know how those people freak me out? They get very contemplated. Oh, but I don't think, Simon. I know. I can tease it out of you. It's too hard. I'm sure it will come easily for you. All you need is to use your imagination. Just think of all the characters. Fanny Longburn and Willie Stroker making a documentary. David Rubin with his mugs. The mad monks obsessing about bio-waste. The unrequited love of Roger and Sebastian. Richard and May Swallow. Not to mention Hans Up playing with his number two. You do know Richard's dead, right? You! You dirty bird! How could you? What? He can't be dead! Richard Swallow cannot be dead! His, his spirit is the important thing. And Richard's spirit is still alive. His legacy shall live forevermore in all of us. So take his spirit and move forward. This is the fourth time we've gone through this. I don't want his spirit, I want him! Him! And you murdered him! No, I didn't. Who did? No one. He, he died. He just slipped away. Slipped away? Slipped away? He didn't just slip away. You did it. You did it. You did it. You murdered my Richard. It's all here in the script. Crushed to death by Fargoids. It's what he would have wanted. I'm going to crush you, you cock-a-doody dirty birdie. 
You're going to crush me? I don't think so, my laddie. You want some of this? Well, eat it. Till you choke. I'm going to stuff you like a Christmas bird. You stick with the... The Doctor's Christmas uh, special. Uh, sure uh, not the cheese. Not the cheese. Not the cheese. Not the Not the breads. That's it. Donate to our Just Giving page at tinyurl.com slash beyondchristmas and we'll make it even funnier. With our exclusive reward tiers, you could even end up being part of the show, an unsavoury part that nobody really wants. Don't miss it at Christmas. And if you need an antidote to all that filth and depravity, then you're in luck. Because it's time now for a flossy with the CG News. If not, so when the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do when your faction leader's a dog? And your daily tasks are a slog You're feeling like a youth cog What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should listen to what Flossie says Listen to what Flossie says What on earth can we do? Do what Flossie tells you to What if she talks nonsense? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie said Now we learn what Flossie said We can put this matter to bed Just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do Flossie here with this week's CG News. First, last week's CG. Deliver rare goods for newborn Duval celebration. Finished between tiers 4 and 5 at 6 UTC this morning with over 1.2 million units delivered. To reward contributing pilots, Guttermeyer has agreed to an initial 10% price reduction to all Imperial ships, including the GU-97 fighter and fighter bears. A further 5% reduction will be applied per tier reached. As the, tier, as the CG reached tier 4, the total price reduction will be the 10% plus 20%, which equals 30%. This price reduction will be available in the Parisa, Semies and QBO systems only and will last for two weeks starting on the 10th of December 3307. Imperial Navy ranks requirements still apply. 
In addition, ship rewards will be provided according to the following. The top 10 contributors will receive an Imperial Clipper. The top 25% contributors will receive an Imperial Courier. The top 75% of, of total contributors will receive an Imperial Eagle. The ship rewards are rank free and cumulative. Ships will be placed in storage at Dyson City in the Parisa system for the 11th of December. New CGs Supply, Salvations, Anti-Xeno, Super Weapon in Maya, Merop and Delphi. Salvation requires vital materials to deploy an Anti-Xeno Super Weapon in the Maya, Merop and Delphi systems. A message was transmitted from the Musashi megaship by its new commanding officer, Commodore Morag Halloran. The Thargoids have invaded three key systems as Salvation anticipated. Preparations have been made to halt their advance in Maya, Merope and Delphi, but there is an urgent requirement to collect classified experimental equipment from the heart of Taurus in the Corato system. Pilots must deliver these shipments to the megaships Bright Sentinel in the Maya system, Glorious Prospects in the Merope system, and Musashi in the Delphi system in preparation of the superweapons activation. It is crucial that all deliveries are made by Tuesday, 14th of December. Without these components, Salvation's super weapon will not be able to affect enough Thargoid vessels to turn the tide. As a reward for this support, the top 75% of contributors will receive two pre-engineered fixed mount class 1 plasma chargers with increased damage, armor piercing, clip size and projectile speed, but increased power draw and thermal load. These will be placed in storage at the Bright Sentinel, Glorious Prospects and Musashi by the 8th of, 18th of December. The initial begin, initiative begins on the 9th of December and will run until the 14th of December. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before collecting classified experimental equipment from the heart of Taurus in the Carato system and to de delivering them to Bright Sentinel in my system, Glorious Prospects in the Merope system or Musashi in the Delphi system. A fourth CG was discovered when some commanders reported they had received a message from Albert Tesro as they entered the Corato system. Commander, my name is Professor Albert Tesro. You have performed work for ages in the past, which is why you are receiving this message. May I apologise for its clandestine nature, but your help is needed for an important mission. The faceless criminal named Salvation is asking pilots to transport components for his superweapon. We believe it makes use of hazardous and unproven technology and must be subjected to scientific scrutiny. Your task is to travel to the Karato system and collect classified experimental equipment from the heart of Taurus Megaship. But rather than take these shipments to their intended destinations, instead deliver them to Felice Dock in the Mean System. With enough of these components, the engineer Amtao will attempt to determine the weapon's nature. Although I had no choice 
but to resign from Aegis, I still have faith in the organisation. We are not perfect, but our intentions are sincere. Please help us to prove that salvation cannot be allowed to continue his reckless experiments. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Now, <coughs> thank you, Flossie. Now, that's a heck of a thing. Super weapon, eh? D- does it tell us what it is? Does it tell us what's going on? What, what kind of weapon is it? Is it sort of, is it sort of, that's no moon type super weapon? Not, uh, not just an excellent weapon or a brilliant weapon, but a proper super, super. weapon. Super, super weapon, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A WMD, a weapon of moon destruction. It's a missile with a big pair of pants on the outside. No. But, I mean, think about the children. Well, you know the little the little Thargoids, anyway. Yeah, I think, think of the children's. I, yeah. I I think we've got to see what's going on with this weapon. I think this re- requires some investigation, or at least speculation, as Hutton yeah. tends to uh, find out what the heck's going on. This what it could be something too powerful. It could destroy the world as we know it. Yeah. So here's the thing I wanted to ask about as well. If you are participating. And you go to this Quarato uh, system or whatever, and you go to the mega ship. Are you able to land on the mega ship and buy this equipment, whatever the special equipment is, or do you need to blow hatches and things? Mm-hmm. I think we'll find out, won't we? You can buy the uh, equipment that's needed for the CG. Oh, you yeah. just go and buy it. Right, you just okay, go and buy it. Yeah, that's it's, okay. That's it's all a right, rare. Well, I forgot it. It's a rare good. We found out later, right. and the current allocation is twenty. Oh, that's so good. you go all the way out to my and you buy 20 of these things and you take them all the way back to... Fleet Carrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Carrier. Carrier. Explore Asp. I've just, received some spe- yeah. I've just received a message here. Um, um, a policy officer, who is Hatches and why does he need blowing? <laughs> Best you don't ask. Does it, does, <laughs> if, you, if, you go to the, if you go to Cubicle 3 and uh, if your eyes don't you know, start burning and you read the message on the wall... You'll find that he's, he's there. There's a contact number, never on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, let's get back on, back on. To, look, I'm, I'm sorry for all that, Flossie, because I, I know you're contractually obliged to read all the details of the CGs, even for those with weapons against Thargoids, and I know that you think we should leave them well alone to get on with their octagonal lives. Mm. Don't, talking shoot, of people, don't shoot the flower, people. Leave talking them. of people, talking... Talking. Talking. I'm talking now. Ultra needle pods. Talking, 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 talking. Talking of people with acute angle on things, Commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon are standing by to bring us the promised details of the record-breaking Sol to Colonia run, plus everything else that's worth knowing in the galaxy this week. It's the Galnet News Digest. Ultra needle pods. Commander J.J. Goldberg tonight achieved the astonishing feat of travelling from Daedalus Station in the Sol System to Jacques Station in Colonia in just 67 minutes. 
Canon Boffin LCU, no fool like one, discovered the technique when visiting the new Canon-sponsored megaship in the Colonia Bridge, the Hotel Canonia. If you commit a crime there, he discovered, the long arm of the authorities is not only very long, it's also exceedingly fast. After accidentally shooting at the megaship, something he claims that was not his fault, Commander No Fool Like One found himself transported instantly to a prison ship 3,800 light years closer to Colonia. After doing some calculations, he realised that nearly half of the distance between Sol and Colonia could be undertaken at faster than faster than light travel in the back of a police ship <laughs> being driven by a cop who's trying to finish his shift on time and at every station a new ship would be waiting courtesy of the excellent galactic insurance system the trick in each case is to travel to the megaship just over halfway to the next prison ship to avoid being sent backwards Commander J.J. Goldberg set off from Sol at 20.53 tonight and arrived at Jacques Station 1 hour, 6 minutes and 53.68 seconds later, having committed four crimes along the way. We wonder if this form of police assist, which has been dubbed the Prison Express, breaks any rules in the Buckyballers Sagittarius A-Star Challenge. We could very soon be seeing a new record time from Sol to the centre of the galaxy. The Scrivener clan is believed to be carrying vital information about the alien species known as Guardians, according to a report in Vox Galactica, which is believed to have been based on briefings by Orion University and their dredger may be in imminent danger of being destroyed. Quite what new danger might befall a dredger that's been sailing the galaxy for 216 years and which has just been refurbished thanks to generous commanders is not at all clear, but it does sound a bit like the small boys who charge a small fee to look after your spaceship just in case the landing gear might accidentally fall off. If the dredger, which will be in a system less than 500 light-years from Uchost PC-CC29-0, contains ancient knowledge about the Guardians, whose technology is believed to be the source of Salvation's anti-Xeno superweapon, then it's perfectly possible that organisations less scrupulous than Orion University might have suddenly developed an interest in finding out about that knowledge core. There are signs that the fatalist pacifists of the Far God cult may have a bit more fight in them than Theta-7 expected. With the defeat of the NMLA terrorists aboard the Steel Majesty megaship in Madrid last week, the Theta group of NMLA bomb-makers aboard the Sacrosanct would have been well advised to beat a hasty retreat, but it seems that they've been stopped from doing this by at least some of the Far God cultists on board, as it appears that the almost new ship's hyperdrive has suffered multiple power failures. Vox Galactica has speculated that Theta-7's use of the sacred Thargoid caustic enzymes in his bombs may not have gone down well with the people of the Far God. 
Despite the ship being unable to move, the affiliated counter-terrorism unit has been unable to arrest Theta-7. Senior Agent Tanya Ramirez and Inspector Klatt have been trying to open negotiations with the terrorist, while Captain Milo Castile is believed to have tried and failed to lead a small group of commandos to take the ship by surprise. They found that the boarding hatches had been welded shut, possibly by Fargod organisers, to maintain the purity of the ship during its voyage to become one with the Fargod. The Fargod religion believes that death at the hand of the Fargod will allow them to live through the death of the universe. It's unclear whether they view their possible death at the hands of bombmaker Theta-7 with quite such a level of equanimity. Six years making just one buggy. We've made another one. It looks like a turtle and it jumps like a brick. And if you find trouble, you really should stay in safer neighborhoods. Scorpion. From the people who brought you the Jupiter Division. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. As always, Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. I can't help but feel that with an accent like that, Hollywood will beckon. Paul Hollywood, that is. Talking of a little muffin maker, it's time to go over to Mia Harkness with the Hutton Helper results. <laughs> Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third party resource to come with a tin of quality suite. A map so you know which one is which, and some tape to like stick them on your visors where everything looks purple, or green, or yellow. This week we have the following events the Please Boost My Scorpion SRD to Commander Explorer at Amazon Star, Neil Order Melanza. The Update 9 comes with Spring Ball Simulator for Long Super Cruise Journeys, Seasonal Cup. The update 9, now with added Joie de Vivre, Deja Vu Trophy. Joie de Vivre is accessed via the crotch panel. The, the Scorpion is okay, but I really wanted a full-seater SRD with plenty of room for shopping and space for the dogs, the space dogs. Customer complaint award. The update 9 promises to make you more stable. At least I think that's what they said. Not really listening trophy, or shield, or whatever. 
the when a mummy limpet and a daddy limpet love one another very, very much special. So, check all the valves are working, make sure there's paper in the machine, and fire up the cassette deck. This week's Hutton Helper results are... Well, well, here's the thing. Update 9 came with an update for the ticker tape machine. So, we're going from teletype to a fax machine, and we couldn't find any of that shiny paper, so we're a wee bit stuck for results this week. Oh, hang on. This just in. Uh, someone just handed me some pages of printout paper. You know the stuff for the holes down the side. Right, so, oh, results. Results. Mark Santius leads on distance travel with 78,000 light years. Light 027 leads cargo sold with 86,000 tonnes. Okayam is first with 151 mission points earned. Alex Zuno has handed in the most bounties, exactly 1 billion credits. Attic 2 handed in the most combat ones, 23 million credits worth this week. Above the Sky transported 581 passengers around the bubble this week to win at taxi driving. So, decals for Okayam, who I think won one before but hasn't claimed it, and Above the Sky. I don't think there have been any hunting runs this week, or if there were, who did them and how long it may or may not have taken. So if you did do a hunting run in the last seven days, then hooray! Good for you! If you did a hunting run in the last seven days and beat the record of 1 hour 22 minutes and 20 seconds, as held by Commander Hardy, then, you know, no luck. Seriously though, if you did beat the record and you are on Hutton Helper, let us know. I, I say us, I mean one of the responsible adults. Are you desperate to get out there and twat something with your new surgery, Peter? Are you keen to see the new Dance of the Limpets? Well, I have an idea. Just go to hot.fordermug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper. Getting out there for suitable, mature activities like play Olympic shooting from the turret of your scorpion. Let's face it, anything has to be better than trying to remember pre-engineered fixed mount class 1 plasma chargers with increased damage, armor piercing, clip size and projectile speed, but increased power draw and thermal loads, except trying to read sucking up bacteria like a pilot at a McTarkoy's McStiffy in no time. Well, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 6. I mean 5. I mean... No, I mean 5. <laughs> Good job there. For a moment, I almost believed you knew what you were talking about. Keep it up. <laughs> In the same way that a kid's sleepover isn't complete without a good ghost story, I think that the news programme isn't the same unless we finish on the beautiful but very scary thing that is Amelia Hawke and this week's Galnet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. The ancient marketing slogan says that diamonds are a girl's best friend. And for a modern miner, low temperature diamonds come close, but mainly because they're a great way of affording a life amongst the stars. However, there is absolutely no substitute for a companion. 
And there's no better companion than one of the many species of domesticated pets brought from old Earth, or found amongst the creatures from Earth-like worlds throughout the Milky Way. Human companionship is great, don't get me wrong, but adorable fluffy pets with wide eyes and unadulterated love they lavish upon you, their lifetime companion, you, you just can't beat it. In fact, they don't have to be fluffy. It can be your tropical aquarium or your scaly reptilian friend. For some, it's their stick insect and others, the more traditional four-legged canine companion. Cats, well, no one's ever sure who is the pet in that relationship. Well, except the cat, who is quite sure that it's actually imperial and you are indeed an indentured slave. Uh, put in this universe to serve its every whim and able to be disemboweled at the first opportunity should you look at it the wrong way. There are a few problems with pets in space. The first being that they tend to be fragile. You, your average shih tzu, just isn't cut out for zero G. Hamster balls don't work too well when Hammy is running around in circles and bouncing off the walls. And in general, your average trip to Beagle Point doesn't lend itself to walkies with Rover too well. Then there are the quarantine rules. Land at an Earth-like with a non-native species and you'll have to provide paperwork, inoculations, and poor Nemo is likely to spend the next two weeks in isolation in a tank before being allowed out of his fishbowl to explore the planet. Unlike humanity, who benefit from advanced medicines, performance enhancers, various cybernetic and biomechanical enhancements to enable life amongst the stars, your pets they just don't get all the cool gear. This is where the biomorphic companions from Zihi come in. Zihi is a former military economy, suffered an extensive period of peace in the last century. The demand for advanced weapons, landmines, and the latest in death-dealing laser technology disappeared almost overnight, leaving the um, military research scientists unemployed and looking for new work. Their specialized skills in neural technology, biomechanics, and cyborg enhancement left them with only one option, companions. With anthropomorphic AI banned throughout the galaxy, they turned their attention on the next best thing, companions for spacefarers, near-perfect artificial life forms. Non-sentient, though that's often debated for, cer for certain species. They re-engineered their military hardware and software to be able to bring the perfect companion to the market. The Zihi Biomorphic Companion was born. Better than real, being their marketing slogan. These animals, ranging from spaniels to pythons, clownfish to trumbles and the occasional micro and guinea pig, provide all the comfort, company and companionship of their genuine species just um, without the drawbacks. You want a guinea pig? One that will survive trips through frame shift without turning inside out? That won't defecate all over the inside of your cockpit every time you're hyperdicted? That doesn't carry pathogens? A Ziki biomorphic guinea pig is what you want. It looks like a guinea pig. It sounds like a guinea pig. It does eep, eep a lot. It will sit on your lap and look up adoringly at you all the time. 
To find out more, I've traveled to the Zihi system and have made a visit to the in-station garden center, which just happens to have one of those little rooms at the side full of adorable creatures. Every single one of them, an artificial, an artificial life form, but indistinguishable from the real thing. There was a bit of a set to the, the year 3301, when the Empire decided to use the technology behind the biomorphic companions to bioengineer some slaves to turn into master chefs. Intense digital training via implanted biotech. The outcome? Voigtkampf tests, synapse dates, murders, tears in the rain, and of course, people wondering whether master chefs dream of electric sheep. The law is very clear. AI is prohibited, particularly human form AI. But pets, imitation animals, apparently they don't count. And this is where Zihi have cornered the market. As such, Asimov's laws of robotic don't count. These aren't robots. They're not true AI, they're just animals. But having sat here for a while holding a Zihi rabbit on my lap and stroking its fluffy ears, my blood pressure has lowered, my endorphin levels are raised, and to be fair, I'm cooing over it as much as I would a real one. At 11,000 credits per animal, regardless of whether you get yourself a goldfish, a guinea pig, or an alpaca, these are pets for the very rich. And, as with any restricted rare item, I'm led to believe that there's a burgeoning black market for enhanced models. Backstreet bioengineers are able to enhance your companion, extending its lifespan, upgrading the behavioral models. Criminals turn their Zihi biomorphic spaniels into vicious killer guard dogs. Lifespans are extended way beyond the normal. Traits never found in nature are uploaded to the companions. It's highly illegal. As a guest of Zihi, I've been given one of the companions, a tiny little Zihi hamster. But I can't resist the lure of the black market on this one. He's so adorable and out of the factory. Like his real life counterpart, he has a heartbreakingly short lifespan. So I've popped to the seedier side of town to see if I can give me Hammy Mark II that will last me long into my old age and keep me company. The proprietor of this store is a little iffy about me knocking on the door, but I've got a, a local personality with me and, and he has vouched for me. The walls are lined with augmented companions from cyborg enhancements to sizes, shapes and colours you've never seen before. Before I know it, I've handed over enough credits to buy myself a decent diamond back and he's uh, stuck his hand in a drawer, rummaging around and pulling out a chip with a sticker on it that says Mesocrisetus oratus the golden or Syrian hamster, and the number 2.0 in pen after it. Anyway, he's not a talkative sort. He seems very interested in a vivarium labeled Python Regius Hankius. It appears to be filled with hundreds of identical snakes. Back at my hotel, 
I put Hammy in his Zihi carry case, dropped the chip into the slot on the side, keyed in my owner's code and clicked the upgrade button. Little Hammy twitched a little and then lay still. But he's back to his normal self now. Of course, I won't know if it's worked for a few years yet, but he appears not to have suffered any ill effects. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest with a new Zihi biomorphic companion, and this is probably the least dangerous rare I've encountered. Hammy! No! Bad hamster! Ow! Um, I might have to take that back. Hammy has just bent open the bars of his cage and... Oh my, his eyes. They're red and... What's that? Is he slavering and growling? Oh, that's adorable. Oh, he's attempting to growl at his own reflection. A teensy, tiny little hamster growl. Oh, hang on, Hammy. Stop that. Sorry, listeners. Uh, ow! He appears to be attempting to disembowel me? Hang on, this isn't right. Oh, the, that chip is supposed to make him live longer. Let me double check. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, the label is peeled right off. That cheeky black market trader. This isn't software for a hamster. It says honey badger. Hammy, come, come back, Hammy. Um, let me try this again. This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, and I've um, I've just seen the Zihi biomorphic Syrian hamster kick nine shades of bio waste out of one of the station cats, and uh, well, it currently has the janitorial staff cornered. Let this be a warning to you: do not attempt to upgrade your companion. Oh, thank goodness I, I didn't get one of those parakeets. He'd probably have sold me some knockoff Velociraptor software. Does anyone have a steel bucket? Or a, or a cattle prod? A, a dart gun? So, someone must have a dart gun. Oh, help! Don't go in the air vents. That's what it was. Mm. You, you know, a dart gun just going to bounce. Darts is going to bounce off a bit. You know, too fluffy. Or was that for you? All the fluffy. <laughs> the dart. Put the dart to put you at. You to sleep. I just dart myself and wait till it's all over. <laughs> it just shows though, if you get dodgy software for a, a hamster, they can go badly wrong. Yeah, that underworld yeah. market. You know, you yeah. just stay away. I, from yeah. it. Well, I, yeah, I didn't want to know exactly what all of the um, personal services that could be achieved yeah. with by some of these. I think so, mm. some of those beyond yeah, no money, not like, no things guarantees. We should be, we should <laughs> what I want to know is kind of thing. Mm. what I want to know is how his eyes turned red. I mean, he had to have changed the bulb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes have red eyes. Mine used to. Oh, uh, just keep it up, late. No, <laughs> don't let it sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, get That's how I do mine. Get it good and drunk and keep it up all night. <laughs> <laughs> They're up all night anyway, aren't they? So, mm. Oh, come and see my hamster. It's always asleep in the corner. You can't see it. In the middle of the night, it's making those kinds of racket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it so, smells 24-7. Do, do, they do, do you get Australian hamsters? You know, then, then maybe they'll... Um, 
<laughs> they'll go to sleep during the night because they think it's the daytime. I don't know. Yeah. Can you do it like a budgie and put a hang upside down in their cages? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to check: was the steel bucket for for putting over the hamster, or was it for removing the the beat up cat? <laughs> what was left of it? Be a steel bucket and a shovel. Yeah, that poor cat. That mm. poor cat. Yeah. yeah. No, there's no such thing as a poor cat. Let's not get the nose lines. Cats. Yeah. Are, cats are bastards. So that's why I like them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I couldn't eat a whole one. Yeah. I didn't mm. say I didn't like them. <laughs> Bit stringy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, that's gone down a dark route, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Ah, well, that was that was fun. It was that was um that was quite interesting. Mm. Now, and we're yes. actually at a respectable time considering how much news we went through. Mm. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. this is true. Yeah. Mm. I was we, we don't so, have Antia. <laughs> he's been feeding me. He's been feeding me lines all through the bloody show. Ignore him. <laughs> it works for us. Mm-hmm. I can't it was last week or the week before, but the banter was like. I couldn't believe it. I think it was last week. It was like half past ten. I was like, what? Yeah, the banter stopped mm. about half ten. Aye. <laughs> oh, the banter was so long. I know. Oh. I know. Mm. Teachers writing so much of it. Oh, no, David, David, David around, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his script when you can pad for England. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, put on the pads for England. Well, yeah, wish somebody would. Mm. Okay. When one four seven used to be a snooker score. I think we've I think we've kept the listener awake far too long. I think it's time to let them go bye byes. Oh, oh let's wake no, them up no. again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hang yes. on, just a second. Uh oh, I'm on. <laughs> now just press my Amelia button. Oh, it's all gone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it re- only remains for us to get to the end of the Seamless. stop it to the end of the show. <laughs> The end of the show, and uh, in the time-honoured, traditional, 57 decibel way, <laughs> Amelia. For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! never really mattered at all we're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today super cruising all across the milky way we'll take anything anytime anywhere loading up the teen eyes to the brim with grass follow the mark follow the mark yeah you know just where we're coming from follow the mark follow the mark now everybody sing the hot and trucker song To the sun, Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads as well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Follow the map, follow the map. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Follow the map, follow the map. Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song. Truck a song. 
just need it today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Buck, Father Buck. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Buck, Father Buck. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? We'll be back sucking up bacteria like a pilot at McDonald's. Like a a, a pilot at a McDonald's McSticky, McStiffy even, in no time.